This one's episode 34. We're really getting up there in a podcast episode. So what's up, Chad? What's up, dude? This past week and a half, we have more episodes than we did the previous three months. Yeah, the previous, uh, you know, September through November, December. But yeah, we're back. I like the rhythm of doing it after every men's national team game because it, it gives us something to talk about. And it doesn't have to be a longer episode, you know? I also, I also like analyzing the games. Yeah, because in more really, detail, you could really dive in rather than like when we did it uh, for the the other windows. It was like, oh, what'd you think about this game? And then that's old news by the next game. And then so yeah. we're talking about old news, but now we could really like react, especially a game like Canada where like we lose. It's a good game, but people are calling for Berhalter's head, and like everyone's got a hot take. We have plenty of clips to clip up and put on social media, and it, it's just entertaining. So. I think a U.S. national team loss is good for the podcast. <laughs> but Matt, dude, if we were around uh, when we lost to Trinidad in 2017, we, we'd be pretty big time. But, yes, this is uh, episode 34. I'm sitting on the other side. We switched sides, sides of the studio. But we did move. We swapped wingers. Yeah, so swap wings. Um, we moved my jersey over to my side, this Andrew Catalina custom jersey, Travis and Sport jersey. On the side of my uh, ultimate team card, Chad's on his side. Maybe we stick with it. Maybe we switch every couple episodes. But yeah. So what are you rocking today? Well, then we're talking you a little bit of US, a little bit of transfers. Thought I'd pull out probably the, the fresh one of the freshest kits I got <laughs> in the closet is uh this year's uh purple Barcelona kit. Got yeah. it for Christmas. Who got it for you? You did. Yeah, buddy. So I so did so fresh. I knew like for Christmas I was gonna give him a soccer kit. And I originally looked for the Venezia kit, but like I think they all sold out everywhere. Or like it would be like three or four weeks to get it. And like, of course, I waited till the last minute. So I was like, all right, I'll just get this Barca one. And it's it's like a life, like I feel like some people wear soccer jerseys as like a like a lifestyle like shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could wear that anywhere. And it's not like, oh, there's a soccer nerd. It's just like, oh, that's a cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm oh, wearing yeah. uh I think this is 2017, 16, 17. So they wore this red, all red U.S. national team jersey in the 2016 Copa America, 2017, like World Cup qualifying, uh, the Hex. I'm pretty sure I got it at the 20 – there was a 2016 game at Lincoln Financial Field in Philly for Copa America, and then there was a 2017 Gold Cup game in Philly as well. We went to both of them. I think I, I, think I got this there. Yeah. or somebody like got a, it and just like looks like a training shirt it's just red i don't know I, for some reason this kid reminds me of bobby wood <laughs> like bobby wood probably just wears this all the time um yeah it's it's pretty cool no no name or number on the back uh yeah so that's that's what i'm wearing you want to get into our big three nil win against uh honduras yeah yeah so obviously the talk was about how we lost to Canada, are we in? Are we in danger of not uh, not qualifying? Would this make it more difficult? But like Honduras was the worst team in in the uh, octagonal. They were already eliminated. I was like freezing cold weather. Minnesota, not 
um, not a long distance to travel. So like everything was like in our favor and they were just bad. I mean, uh, we beat them four one last time in Honduras. So yeah, not going to, yeah, we get it. It was cold. Yeah. People, people were freezing, but <laughs> not really sure why they played it in Minnesota. I get like, it's just an hour travel from Canada or whatever they said, mm. but you can beat them three, nothing in like, california if you want you know yeah, it's like i think i think they were looking out for the travel and you know like i turn on every podcast and they're just talking about like it being cold like the like i get it it's cold <laughs> and then it thinks that's the story of the game because it took away from the game but like you know i'm not trying to get on here and talk about how cold it was but you like know, on the half storm weather podcast i heard a few players on honduras got hypothermia uh, hypothermia yeah the one of the, the goalie and uh Kyoto. somebody else yeah but uh, what'd you think of the game? What'd you think of the, the lineup and the roster first? Lineup, dude, it's not even fresh in my mind. It's been like two days. So they started Turner, okay. Turner again. Uh, started Anthony Robinson again, which that guy didn't. I don't think he subbed out once. Played all, yeah, whatever, two hundred seventy minutes. Walker Zimmerman. Uh, since Chris Richards was hurt, we started Miles Robinson. Started Reggie Cannon on the right. Um, big changes because Chris Richards was injured. Tyler Adams injured. I uh, started Kellen Acosta at the sixth defensive mid. Then it went um, Luca Del Torre, Weston McKinney. Mm-hmm. And then up front, Pulisic got a rest. Went with Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, and Timothy Wea. Oh. So I think most of this stuff was planned. Like I, if Pulisic played great, he played poorly against Canada, it doesn't matter. I think this stuff was planned. I think we we're going to get the result anyway. Uh, and it's just about managing minutes. Greg's done that the whole World Cup qualifying cycle. So, like, people – like, I went on Instagram and I saw this post. It was, like, Christian Pulisic bench. Like, no, he was not benched. Like, he, he's not going to bench Christian Pulisic. It's just the fact that he played and started the two previous Maybe games. Maybe he was benched. No, he wasn't. If he benched. played good, he probably would have started. No. If he played – if he scored a goal against Canada, like, he would have started this game. Yeah. He was clearly going to play 30 to 40 minutes. Um, so, no, no Eunice Musa. I think that was – pretty well planned as well and i think just to give other guys a shot like we were calling Del- for luca del torre del torre great game you think i thought he was really good yeah so let's talk about like what do you think about the center back partnership first because that's the biggest like change right chris richard started the previous two games then he got hurt so zimmerman back from injury slides in with miles robinson i think that's the best two center backs we have right now yeah i agree uh, uh like I, I i was on here after the El Salvador game, and I was on here after Canada. After Canada, I was talking about how much I think we missed Walker Zimmerman. He is the the best leader we have. He's pointing. He's telling people where to go. He's mobile at the back. He's sound defensively good enough with the ball. I think he's the best we have. The Miles Robinson is solid as well. There was one play where Honduras were on the counterattack mm-hmm. and went out to their winger, and, like, chances are, like, their winger is probably a little bit quicker than he tries, like, nutmegging. <laughs> Walker Zimmerman and he just gets the nicest, and you could hear it too. Nice clean tackling, uh, really just, and it goes straight back to a coast. I think <laughs> getting stuck like, in. Getting, yeah, dude, that guy's class. And like my bold prediction is like he's gonna captain us at, at the World Cup. I saw you tweet that. Yeah, because I believe it. Like we're gonna get everyone's gonna be like, oh, we have this center back playing here, and John Brooks of Wolfsburg, and this, and like it's gonna be good old Walker Zimmerman wearing the armband in Qatar. And the only reason he won't be is because it'll be like. Maybe I'll give it to Tyler Adams or Christian Pulisic. But Zimmerman was the captain today, and he's the best leader. 
So like, no matter who wears the armband, he's always going to be a leader, yeah. which I like. He's got a he's got a real presence about him, and the hair is sick. I I don't know. He's starting to become one of my favorite players. He's a killer, dude. Dude, he's such a beast. And like, he's a beast on set pieces. Like when you get Walker Zimmerman and Weston McKinney like setting picks for each other and running off each other, like that's hard to it's hard to mark. You get those two guys. You have like whatever four like a Ricardo Pepe. You have Miles Robinson. That's a pretty good like three to four guys for set pieces. Wait, did you hear at the end of the first half the Miles Robinson chant the U.S. fans were chanting? No, <laughs> so bad. It was oh Miles Robinson. Oh, that was it. <laughs> really? Yeah, should and they just kept doing it. We gotta find it. We should put that on like a soundboard or something. I was like, why are they chanting Miles Robinson? Miles Robinson. I've never heard that tune of a chant. You must be getting the yeah, it might be a little off, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, Kellen Acosta looked like prime Javi Alonso out there. <laughs> yeah, he was he was like spraying balls. He was yeah, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, like we got to say, like this is the weakest group, weakest midfield that these guys are gonna have to play against. But like to me, like we come on here, we, we talk about Tyler Adams. Like he's he's clearly like really good and like. He keeps the ball ticking for the U.S., but there's something to be said where, like, Kellen Acosta has more in his locker than Tyler Adams. He can hit a better range of passes, and, like, he covers more ground, and his set pieces are dangerous. Tyler Adams is better defensively covering covering ground. Tyler Adams. I think Tyler Adams is better, like, knowing when to, like, step or win a ball, but if Kellen Acosta has to go cover for somebody, Kellen Acosta is better at getting there. To me, not that that's, like, a huge Mm -hmm. deal, but like that's just like, he's got more range to his uh, like to the ground he can cover. But like Tyler Adams wasn't hitting those passes that Kellen Acosta was yeah. last night, and part of it too was Honduras sat super deep. But um, yeah, he yeah. did have a lot of time yeah. on the ball, so it's kind of easy to look. Yeah, and it was away. Was it away at Honduras mm-hmm. when he was in, when yeah. he got subbed out? What at halftime or something? And Tyler Adams was playing yeah, right back. Talking about on the on the broadcast. Yeah. So I would like to see him do it somewhere else, but he also just got transferred to LAFC. So it's kind of exciting new setting. Like I think he solidified himself as the the backup six, right? And like for me, I'm comfortable playing him. If we have to go to Azteca and like squad rotation or whatever, I, I don't care. Give me give me Kellen Acosta. I don't think it's I'm gonna sound dumb if like it does end up being a big deal, but I don't think it's that big of a deal to play Kellen Acosta instead of Tyler Adams. I don't know. He also whips a good ball in too for yeah. uh, some set pieces. Yeah, we, we had Miles Robinson's in the uh, mm-hmm. which one was that? The probably the Gold Cup, the Gold Cup final against Mexico. Yeah, yeah. and then well, he put the one in straight to Weston mm-hmm. for the first goal. So, yeah, yeah, it all three of our goals came from set pieces and. Part of being a possession-based team is that you keep the possession to create chances. If the, the team you're playing against defends well, that they'll clear those chances, but they'll likely go out for corner kicks or foul, right? Pulsic gets on the ball, they try to foul. And, like, when you have a guy like Count Acosta to complement creative players or a team making chances who could just whip in a good cross or, like, a good set piece, then that adds to the attack. So it stinks that we didn't score from the run of play, but also, like, our run of play got us those chances. So, like, that's something where, like, we earned it. It's not like we like, scored, like, scrappy goals. Like, we earned those – we earned the right to score those scrappy goals. Yeah. Um, uh, 
what else? So Weston McKinney, I thought like he's balled out. He's went up a couple of levels. I think like it was kind of like a challenge early in the cycle or the, the, yeah, the World Cup qualifying cycle, but he, he went up a couple of levels clearly. And he's probably been the most consistent player for the U S right now, especially, you know, big time on set pieces. It's huge. Um, what else in the midfield? Luca Del Torre, what do you think? I thought great game. I guess a little slow start, a little passes went astray. I mean, uh, touches. Yeah. But I don't know. I felt like the midfield Weston and Luca Del Torre. Sorry. I have the hiccups. Uh, uh, they were, were always driving forward with the ball. Yeah. He, and like, I'm not saying like it's good or bad. I'm just saying like, why are they always like they're always just driving forward with the Luka ball? Del Torre? It's like, the, I think sometimes they just don't have options to yeah. uh, play to and they're just kind of stuck like dribbling down the field. A couple times I thought like it might have been his fault. I don't know. He was like indecisive and he cut it back and dropped it instead of like, like slipping someone through or like, taking a touch inside to create something and then slipping somebody through. But like as after like the 20th minute, I was, he was smooth. Like one time he took like a nice like touch with the outside of his right foot to escape pressure. That was he, in the second half. I think I'm not sure. He drifted wide a couple of times, created like a three V two out wide. He drew the he, foul for the first goal. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. I thought that was Jordan Morris. Mm-mm. Um, then uh, there was one time where he like, I think he, we, we were like maybe five or 10 yards defending near our own box. And he had croquetted somebody and got out of trouble. Like he's one of those guys who's like smooth enough with the ball where he could like, like evade pressure and carry it five to 10 yards and then start the, like the attack. Yeah. I like him. And like, I'm a big Darlington Nagby fan in the MLS. And I always think that the U S needs a player like Luka Delatore or Darlington Nagby in the team. Yeah. Yeah. Nagby, I feel like would be a guy who comes like a little bit deeper, but same, like on the ball, similar profile, but like off the ball, like a little bit different. I guess so. I do think the, so the U.S. typically play with inside forwards, right? You yeah. play a front three. The, the wingers aren't super wide. They'll tuck in, and our outside backs will get up. No, that's so our, narrow. That's our, like, attacking five. Yeah. So, I think I would like to see us at times, like, spread really wide, the definitely. wingers. But I also think if we have two wide wingers, a center forward, and our two number eights, like, stepped up into those half spaces, and our front five is a winger, Center mid striker, center mid winger, Delatore in that one of those spots there, because yeah. then he could turn or bounce it or turn and drive. That'd be kind of cool. But you you really only do that if you have like Pep Guardiola, like Jao Cancelo, Kyle Walker, yeah, inverted fullbacks, which I, I think is awesome. But which the U.S. Army don't do that because they start so narrow. Yeah, well, and dude, it's it's hard to watch because like like one time Jordan Morris actually pulled wide. Mm-hmm. Instead of making a run uh, to the corner flag from inside to out, mm-hmm. he recognized someone was driving forward with the ball. I think it was Weston. Pulled wide, got it, did a one-two, got a good cross off. Oh, uh, yeah. That was uh, some point in the second half. Yeah, I think that's also why we typically, especially against Canada, we talked about it with Brendan Aronson, why we're not um, – like we don't just go. We set – like we, we build up slower – and we set our attacking structure because in the theory, if our fullbacks are the width, then yeah, you have like the fullbacks, the wingers, the forward as your front five attacking a back four or back five and you build from there. But if, if your wingers are too far inside, then like it's easy to mark if you're trying to go, if you're in the, in between that transition and slow buildup kind of phase, 
So I think Berhalter probably uh, prefers to to build up slower to to get that structure. Um, let's go say another thing. Oh, if you remember, like Berhalter's first few games, like he was gonna he was playing Nick Lima because it was a January camp, so he's playing Nick Lima as like what they called the Tyler Adams role, which was like right yeah. back defensively, he would come play like defensive mid in possession, which like I thought was kind of cool. I didn't think it was going to work, but it was like Nick Lima was just the MLS guy to take that system until Tyler Adams got there. <laughs> but I think that went away. That was no go. But that would be cool to see now. And it kind of saw like hybrid form, like versions of that in um, like the Mexico um, – What's the name of the tournament? Nations League final. When Tim Ream was like a left, like a left back, like a left center back. We played like three in the back. Mm-hmm. Kind of similar, similar thing. When he got cooked. He's all right, dude. <laughs> I like Tim Ream. Berhalter called him the best passer in the pool out of all the center backs. That's you. Yeah, I know. I'm in the pool and I'm a pretty good passer, I would say. So uh let's see. Front three, what do you think? Um, Morse, Morse was all right. Wea was really good, I thought. Yeah. Um, Wea brings like off ball movement, like mm-hmm. willing to make a run. The one time I have, uh, I think Acosta plays the chip ball, which is a really nice look. He mm-hmm. had time to clip one over the top. Wea just making an off the ball run, which is something we just didn't see at, uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I think the goalie saved it, and uh, Wei could have scored there. Yeah. So yeah, I he's that. active. I would I would also like to see Wei as a number nine, like maybe not in our system it wouldn't work, but as a forward or second forward where he's like just constantly running. Um, maybe I is you think Wei is our best attacker right now? If we had a must win qualifier tomorrow. Jeez. Is Wei the best guy we we throw up top? Talking about form, past performance. He probably starts, yeah. Yeah, but do you think he's the best or most important? Uh, you could only choose. I don't know. You can only choose one of whatever the top five, six guys to start. Wea, Pulisic, you know, Morris, Pepe, Ferreira, Zardes, Aronson. Who's the one guy you have to start to to make sure we're successful? Pulisic. He just scored a goal. Okay, uh, okay. I got it. <laughs> He's front runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, like now, now he's got some confidence. Yeah, I think if it's just form, it's probably Wea. But like, I, I would still go Pulisic as well. Well, there's not much form to base. He played two games and like just came back from injury. Played like a like a game or two before even coming with the U.S. So I don't know if there's much form there. Maybe yeah, he was good in these these games. He's good against uh, Mexico in the November window. Um, you said Morris like. I like Jordan Morris, and I was on here after the Canada game saying he was looking lively, and I thought highly of him. I didn't think he was too good. Like, he wasn't bad. He's known was really bad. He just wasn't good. I wish he was a little more clinical, but he does get in behind and, like, will put in two good crosses a game. Yeah, it's just that he's at, at a season, uh, worked back from the injury, played with literally one game, mm-hmm. and then and then they lost in the playoffs. <laughs> so, like, he, he worked just to get back for one game, lost, and then now he's just been – like not playing. Much. I also think he just—he's not in. He doesn't look the part either. You know what I mean? There's not many <laughs> soccer players built like him. You think like people like hang out with him like at lunch at the uh, <laughs> I would hope at so. the training? Hour? I don't think people dislike Jordan Morris. Uh-huh. Man. 
Dude, he's a good guy. He was the, like the savior of U.S. soccer, you know, five years you ago. You think there's an MLS table and then a, uh, <laughs> a European Europe table? table? Greg sits at the MLS table. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Europe guys like like talk about the MLS yeah. guys like, yo, look at this. Yeah, scrub, scrub. Sit at the MLS table. <laughs> but it's, like, like, it's like a varsity and a JV. Yeah. But like Paul Ariel can bounce back and forth. Like I feel like the he's the definition of the MLS table. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I feel like they, they kind of like Paul Ariel. Everyone likes Paul Ariel, I guess. Uh, every I I don't think we've had a podcast where we haven't talked about Paul Ariel. <laughs> he's coming on actually. Um, Pepe, like it, it stinks he didn't get a goal, but like sometimes it's the life of a well, center where forward. Where he's put, he's not being told to try and get involved in the game. He's literally just. Sitting up there waiting for opportunities, and he does get on the end of some crosses. Yeah, I, I, um, like he makes he makes a lot like uh, he makes something out of nothing sometimes. Yeah, it's just pretty impressive. If you go back and watch, but I would like to see him more involved in in the play. Yeah, but I like I, why why can't he? Dro- Sorry, I keep cutting. You off. Yeah, why can't no, he just like drop you, in so. and someone uh someone go fill his spot? You know, am I good to talk now? Yeah, you're. No, I feel like I cut you off too. Uh, so we we took those three games. Zardes obviously got the hardest job against Canada, right? Ferreira, we said, came back to the ball too much. That's like the only thing he's like really dangerous at. They're like that's his totally game. Zardes was out of it. He's out in left field. I think Pepe was the best mix of like he, he stretched the game, but like his hold up plays good. Like he'll f- flick something on or flick something down or like just hold a ball up that you don't think and complete like a five or six yard pass to somebody. That like doesn't look like a big deal, but if you mess that up, then our attack is like in flux and we got to transition for the ball again. But like Pepe will like settle the ball, pass it to somebody, and then we could settle it down mm-hmm. or play it in in and out of a tight space. Yeah. So I, I really like it. So I'm like the more I watch us, the the higher I am on Pepe, higher than when when he was scoring the goals early in the qualifying uh cycle. Like I wasn't like that in like, impre- like he scored really? the goals. It's cool. I wasn't like I'm the opposite on the Pepe train. Like there was a there's a TikTok account that came up on, on my page. It was called Pepe Season. Like Pepe dot SZN Pepe Season. It's like who is that big of a Pepe fan? But like now that when he's when someone's not scoring goals, but you know he has the goal scoring ability, but he's still able to like come in and help. I think that's valuable, and I think the goals will come. And I don't. Berhalter is pretty confident. He said it. He said that the game model that he uses for our team will get the number nine chances and goals. I don't think it's hasn't really happened all cycle or enough, but if it does, if, if it comes and it changes and a team like Mexico, a team like Panama, a team like Costa Rica come out and play us a little more, then maybe we can exploit that space and get Pepe those chances that in Berhalter's mind that we get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Felt like against Honduras, obviously they were sitting pretty deep. Um, you could have plugged any type of forward up. Like, you could have plugged the most uh, lazy forward up there, and he probably still would have had probably the same amount of chances as Pepe. Who's a, who's a good lazy forward? Um, any in the pool? I don't know, but what I'm what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that I, I just I just wanted to see Pepe more involved. In, in in the play, yeah, I feel like there's got to be more of like rotation in uh, in positions a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with the interchange thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
So they're playing like really narrow. The wingers, we keep saying this. Yeah. I think I think people are trying to get that the wingers are really narrow. But like that, say Reggie, Reggie Cannon would get the ball a few times on the outside. Mm-hmm. You get it like uh he probably could take a touch and cross it. He's like that kind of range. Yeah. And like what and it's always going out to Reggie Cannon. Always going out to Reggie. Why can't Reggie Cannon go inside? Why can't Tim Wyatt come out and get it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't like Way get the ball and then try and take someone on from there, you know. That's why I think it up a little bit. Another Pep Guardiola reference for you. I think that's the basis on probably what Burhalter's trying to do, and maybe the players just aren't thinking like that. Uh, it's just positional play. I think Guardiola will tell players to take up positions like specific positions relative to other people around you, right? So if Cannon's wide, Way goes inside. If Cannon somehow is inside, it's funny thing about then Way goes outside. I just don't think we we've found cannon inside if you really want cannon in the half space you know i'm not saying i want cannon inside i'm just i do think one of the things we see a lot which i think will work and it will get us chances is like ball goes out to someone like cannon and way who's inside will make the run toward the corner if cannon just slips that in way is running in behind and can turn his hips and cross it but i want to see like maybe we way makes a run we skip out way and hit the nine whether that's peppy and he might be flicking it on and way is now the third guy the third yeah. man runner or Pepe's able to lay it back and we build our attack from there in a way it was used as like some kind of a decoy, or, you know, a, a dummy run or something yeah, like that. That would look nice. It would look very nice. But when coaches emphasize outside back and then uh, play a ball to the winger making the run to the corner, like I get it, but the winger's running away from, like, yeah, from goal and he's got to adjust his body for a cross. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Too. I do think there's, like something I would love to get into. There's some strong analytical views about where the best assists come from and where the best goals come from. So if you're constantly getting the ball in like assist areas and getting it into goal and from those assist areas, getting into goal scoring areas, then you're going to create more chances, which is definitely what Berhalter is trying to do. So way of running, even though he's kind of away from goal, he's running into the assist area. Uh, so gotcha. Yeah, that's the way you I got, see it. You got any facts? To, I'm like, sure I can pull up some some hardcore right. data. Sweet. Um, so yeah, anything else in the national team? Let me see. Um, cool said get a goal. Else? Got to, got a goal. I think it's great for his confidence. I mean, I know some people were saying, "Wow, why, why even play pool sick? He's only gonna get hurt. It's cold." But like to me, like especially when you're up, like get that guy in. Tell him go play for 20 minutes. Go play for 30 minutes. Get your confidence up. Like. Like he Berhalter runs this thing like a program, and like part of it too is like you get you got to take care of your best players, and like if it's getting them confidence, that's man management right there. So yeah, and the game's kind of more open at that point. Yeah, and less pressure. I feel like when he comes off the bench, you know. Yeah, he he just goes in and he's super sub. Yeah. So you think I don't know the the fact that he picks up a lot of injuries. Would you? You said like it was planned for him not to play. Would you have played him, or would you have? No, I I I want him to play 100. percent Yeah, in my mind, like it was a clear, like plan that he was going to be on the bench. But like we've talked about before, Berhalter thinks of these things in chunks. Whether it's a 30 minute chunk and then he plans a substitution, or a a halftime sub where he subs or he does like a double sub, like a lot of these things are planned out. And to me, it's based on data. It's based on like making sure he gets certain guys' minutes in certain scenarios of the game. And there was a 100% chance he was going to play. 
unless it was like five, six, zero, something crazy. Like that. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, so we're in a good position right now. Next window is at the end of, was it end of February, early March or a couple weeks into it's March? All March. I'm pretty sure. Dude, it's a long way to wait, but we do have champions League coming up, which is going to be sick. So um, apparently we're three points away from probably locking up. Yeah. Uh, World cup spot. But some other stuff would have to go our way. We do next window. We go at the Azteca, home against Panama and Orlando, where we beat them in 2017 cycle, away to Costa Rica. So Panama's in fourth right now. You got to get four points from the first those first two games at the Azteca. So Panama's in fourth, Costa Rica's in fifth, both in striking distance like of each other and the top three. Right, top three get the automatic qualifier. Mexico's in third. I think we're one point up on them. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard people say we should just rotate the players for the first game at Azteca, make sure everyone's fresh for Panama, which would be – Yeah, but I feel like you can go there and get three points. Dude, Azteca and get three points? Yeah. Wow. Dude, I am – It's going bold. Dude, we we are owning Mexico, dude. Berhalter. I think it would be a real, like, power – like, a real, like – well, Barholter's got months to think about it now, dude. He's going to overthink it, too. He's Who knows it. what's going to happen, dude? We never know what's going to happen. Nick Lima inverted right back going to happen again. <laughs> Who's he even play for now? He's got to still be on the Quakes, dude. He's a, he's a Quake legend. No, Austin FC. Uh, right? Um, oh, you mean one of those clubs that just forms out of nothing? Are you an anti-MLS guy? Yeah, that's it. You're sitting at the Euro table at, at USMNT lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should make a graphic with like all of them. Like, you know, like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, we got a point the last two times we were at Azteca, I think. The, in the 2017 cycle, when Michael Bradley hit that worldie, he freaking chipped Ochoa. Uh, and then what was the, the cycle before we were at the Azteca? I don't remember us getting a point. Klinsman cycle. I forget. Anyway, like, get a point there. Home to Panama is pretty much a must win. I, away at Costa Rica isn't as tough as it was before, but they're playing better. Um, Joe Campbell. But, but they might need to win, too. Like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, Panama is going to need, a, need to win. Yeah. So they're all – this is a, a gauntlet. Grant Wall right? Said that actually, shout out Grand Wall. Yeah, he said, especially they're fighting for the, the place. Going to be the biggest game of Panama's players' careers. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they did make the World Cup last so time. It's going to so. be intense. Yeah, Panama didn't look too good. They were zero zero with Mexico uh, a couple days ago. Then uh, Mexico got gifted a penalty. What Costa Rica went in Azteca? I think it was at Azteca, tied zero zero. Mexico just looked so boring. Costa Rica defended so deep. Uh, Mexico just knocked the ball around so, like, nonchalant. Didn't come to anything. Ball would go out. Costa Rica would clear it. Joel Campbell would, like, bring it down, hold it up, and they would attack for, like, a minute and then give it up again. But Joel Campbell's playing some good soccer for Costa Rica. That's my boy. That is your boy. Yeah, I've liked him for a couple cycles now. Cycles. Cycles. We're talking cycles. We're talking windows. Talking ball progressions. Yeah, we're talking wide progressions. We're talking ball circulation. We're talking uh, – oh, we wait, should make wait, like on the after. What is Zimmerman say? Wide progression. Wide progression. Yeah. We should just uh, – we should either – we should make a episode named Wide Progression or something. Just talk about – Or like a segment like 
how important wide wide, wide progressions are. <laughs> the art of wide progression. <laughs> like, you know how um, the highlight videos from AS comps, it'll be like, you know, like Ronaldinho when football became art or like, like Tony Cruz, unpressable. Walker, Walker Zimmerman, the art of the wide progression. <laughs> the art of wide progression. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else? Or do you want to get, get some transfers? Yeah, let's talk some <clears throat> transfers, dude. Hmm. We already covered the biggest transfer, Calvin Acosta to LAFC. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, hit me with some. Any other MLS ones? You got the Douglas Costa. Douglas to, to yeah. LA Galaxy. Dude, I didn't even know. I think that's pretty cool. It's a sick. He was, he was on. I can't. I can't remember if he was on Bayern first or Juve first. Then he went to the other one. He's on Juve. He's on. They, 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 they loaned him to somewhere in Brazil, and now he's going to be on a six-month loan to LA Galaxy, and then a two-year contract Dude, after. I feel like he's going to tear up the league. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I don't know how good he. I haven't watched him in years, but he was on the Brazil World Cup team in 2018, I think. Dude, crazy. Insignia when uh, Insignia the Galaxy played Douglas. Toronto. Ooh. Insignia versus Douglas Costa. Bob Bradley versus uh, his former. No, wait, no. No, he got, but he who's the Galaxy coach? I don't know. Perry Kitchen still play? The weirdest <laughs> question. <laughs> Let's get him at the MLS table. Um, Let's see. Oh, a big, big MLS transfer. Austin Trusty from Colorado Rapids to Arsenal. Yeah. Just like makes no sense. Uh, the same guy that owns the Rapids owns uh, Arsenal. So literally just moving money around. It's very like – it's just the worst case of like – Miazga went to Chelsea. He was performing in MLS very well. Just kept getting loaned out. Then you had like Eric Palmer Brown, the Man City, kept getting loaned out. But like both of those guys have, were like more established than what Austin Trusty is right now. But he'll, he'll, he'll go to Arsenal. He'll probably train, get loaned out, and that's it. Dude, it happened on like a random Tuesday. Yeah, it was just like like no rumors or anything. It was just like Taylor Tom was like, "Yep, Austin Trusty's going to Arsenal." So like him and Matt Turner. It's weird. Uh, you want to stick? I'll run through some like major Premier League. Um, yeah, transfers. the big ones. You want to talk about how do you think Coutinho will do it, Phil? Oh, it's great. He's already been doing well. Yeah, like, yeah. I think Coutinho just. Get him in like a new situation and he'll do fine. I think he started for Brazil this window too. Like, yeah, I think he's a Brazil goal. starter. He's still he's still quality. Yeah, class. And then <laughs> we and should then, just make it a point to use all of like the soccer terms. Like, we'll come on here with three quarter pants. We'll just talk about you know wide progressions all day. They also signed Luca Dini from my Everton. Yeah. Um. So, so Chelsea didn't bring anybody in. Really? No one of uh, – no who, who should they have brought it? I, I heard they were going for Dest. I heard they were going for uh, Usman Dembele. Yeah, I heard that too. Dude, Barca, like, Barca cool. hate Dembele. Like, they actively despise that guy because he just won't take a pay cut. Here, let's look at some of the uh, biggest – Okay. Vlahovic. Oh, yeah. Why we should have talked about this. I love that guy. Like maybe it's just because like, I think of him as like kind of like a meme, like Erling Holland, like big, like kind of goofy. Like, but if you thought of the perfect name for a soccer player, like Vlahovic is up there, right? Anything with Ovich, <laughs> Vlahovic. And it's just wow. like, I, I heard, I kind of like, and he was gaining popularity like 
mid-October, early November. And, like, then I, I watched, like, one or two, like, Fiorentina games. I'm not going to act like I know anything about Fiorentina. <laughs> but, like, I started watching his highlights. I started reading a lot about him. And, like, I, I like that guy. And, like, if you went straight to, like, the Premier League or something, like, there's Arsenal rumors. Um, I don't know if it would have worked out. But I think Vlahovic himself knows, like, if you do it for Fiorentina, he'll be able to do it for Juve. So what was it, 75 million euros and, like, a 7 million dollar or 7 million euro salary? Yeah, I don't have the number here. But. It's crazy. It escalated very quickly, like, like for him to go in January, too. Uh-huh. For Juve to splash that cash in January. Yeah. But, um, I mean, this, it, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, any time, like, you could take a gamble on a number nine like that, like, I think it's worth it. That's why I think all these big clubs should go after And he's in the same league, too. Yeah, exactly. I so think like there's the no familiar. pressure going midseason to the Premier League, which is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I also, you know, since it's tied to Juve, Juve are tight on cash. They signed Zacharia from the, you know, coming from the Bundesliga, so it's a bit of a change. But, like, I think he's going to be really good. Signed him on a $5 million deal, and then they'll just pay him more and extend his contract. But to offload some of that cash, Kulisevsky and um, Ben Ridd. Betacor. Yep. Yep. And Bentecourt was playing pretty well this season, both on loan at Tottenham. I think they're going to buy him at some point. I think Bentecourt is permanent. Oh, really? But yeah. the, the guy who runs Spurs is the old Juve executive. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's Kulusevsky is – I love that guy. Really? He hasn't yeah. done a lot. He was so good at Parma. And then, obviously, he got bought by Juventus. I actually remember uh, – Gary V was trying to get into the soccer cards and he tweeted like, who's the next big star? Like, who should I, whose soccer card should I buy? And he tweeted at him uh, to get Kulisevsky cards. I got, I told him Kulisevsky and, uh, I forget someone else. Mbappe. Nah. <laughs> I told him another one too. But uh, have you seen the stuff with all the Arsenal fans uh, no. trying to figure out if Isak is going to Arsenal? They like, I forget what they did. Apparently, he was at, like, a nightclub in London. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Nobody goes to Arsenal. Every one of these guys we mentioned so far is, like, transferred to Arsenal, and they got Austin Trusted. And they saw he got in a car. He was in London or something, and he got in a car, and they uh, – or maybe he was in Spain and got in a car, and they looked up where the car was from, and it was England. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. Arsenal fans were just going crazy. They, oh, yeah, crazy. Arsenal drove a car down. Half of Europe to get to Spain to pick up Isak. Um, anything else in like Syria or what? Do you... Syria, no, no, nothing big. Um, what else you want to talk about? Anything? In, not much in the Bundesliga either, really. No, Bayern didn't get anybody. No, Bayern really don't need anybody. Barca got a Bamiang. Yeah, on a free too. Because they were gonna get him on on a loan deal. And then Arsenal end up just like releasing him so he could leave, which is kind of funny. Good, like low risk move for Barca. Yeah. Like uh, it might be better than playing Luke De Jong as your nine. Um, anything else? Well, oh, dude, Real Madrid apparently agreed to terms with Mbappe. Like mm-hmm. I've seen it's like pretty much confirmed, but there's no, neither team has confirmed it yet. So like that's why it's still weird to me. But Mbappe's a free agent in the summer. So everyone kind of knew that was going to happen anyway. I think Mbappe wanted to leave. It's, so it's is that hundred percent? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it is. Huh? I think it's like it's pretty much going to happen, but it's not like confirmed, confirmed yet. Uh, 
uh, I don't know. It's going to be cool. I kind of hope Real Madrid signed Holland too. So it's just like Holland and Mbappe and Vinicius. You know how I feel about Vinicius. That'd be insane. That front three. I think love it. And they all play on the same team. That's like something you do on FIFA. And then you just play a 3-5-2. So you just have like all these – or a 3-4-3. So you have two – you have five attackers pretty much. And then attacking mid. You have six attackers. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Nothing, nothing big in uh, – Newcastle kind of went off. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sevilla signed uh, Tecatito, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, reason to root against Sevilla, I guess. Pretty cheap, too, I heard. Mexican players aren't in good form. Um, sorry, what were we saying? Newcastle? Newcastle, yeah. They signed uh, Garamas, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, from Leon. Yeah. They Darren. signed uh, Dan Byrne, right, from, from Brighton. They signed uh, Chris Wood. Chris Wood, Kieran Trippier. Anybody else? Matt Target. Oh, Matty Target. Yeah, why on loan? But, like, that's – like, these are just signings to get them, like, one, they got to stay up, and then to get them to that, like, solidly in the top ten to eight. And then I think you'll see, like, once they get that squad up, then they'll start to splash on somebody else. Like, could Jao Felix go to Newcastle? No. All right. I thought <laughs> you, I was trying to be an FC Wonder kid, like, going to go bold. Uh, I thought you were going to be like – could be, and then like we had some suspense, but no, he just shot that one down. All right, <laughs> didn't I remember we were talking about Newcastle? And I said, like, what if they went like very in on the uh, like South Americans? Like, they already had Almiron, so what if they went like that route? But like, Dan Byrne doesn't or Kieran <laughs> Trippier doesn't really fit that mold, but like, they're all just quality players, I guess. So, yeah, I hope that I hope they stay up. I, I, that would suck to see them spend like a lot of money and then go down. You think they'd like, have a fire players. sale or just try to dominate the championship? I mean, some of like uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Guillermes or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know if he would stay if they got relegated. Yeah, but he's young and on a good deal, so I would think he's one for the future. Um, what do you think about some of Everton's moves? From an outside perspective. So they signed Michael Lank. My how you say it? My uh Malenko. Malenko. Well, I actually had a long shot bet on Malenko to win the young player of the tournament. Michael Lenko. Michael Lenko. Win young player of the tournament at the Euros. And uh he, he didn't win. Um I also had a bet on Donner. I, I think I said this on Donna Ruma to win young player of the tournament, and he won player of the tournament. <laughs> so I lost that bet. That's like the worst <laughs> thing ever. I was so right, dude. Um, and that's probably a good signing because I heard good things about him. Uh, who else did they bring in? They brought in Deli Ali. I think that's kind of cool. Um, obviously, Frank Lampard as a manager. Like, I was, I hated him at Chelsea. I thought he was doing a terrible job, but like, I'm sure he learned. Like, in a place like Everton is, probably a better fit for him anyway yeah i like it it's kind of the opposite of benitez where he goes in it's like well if he loses a few in a row like people are going to start getting mad Mm -hmm. like but frank lampard you you like i like him so it's easy for me to root for him yeah you know and what people say is that he brought in a lot of good young players maybe like got them first team minutes at chelsea so maybe that, that'll help with some of the young players that yeah. Everton has. And I would say, like, as long as they don't get relegated, he's not going to be judged super hard on results. It, it's always going to be looked towards, like, oh, Lampard's building something, whereas Benitez is like, what's Benitez going to build? 
He's just trying to get you results. Yeah, like Everton has had a lot of managers in the past few years. Yeah. And like it, the way they like promote it on social media and stuff, it lo- kind of looks like it's kind of like a new signing. Like Lampard's like the he's like, all right, we're we're here. We're turning this thing around. Yeah, well, it's more like long term. Yeah. You know, less transactional, which is what Benitez was. And I think they knew Ancelotti would be that as well. Mm-hmm. And they got Donny Van de Beek. Oh yeah. On loan or purchase? Loan. Yeah, because everybody at United was calling for Van de Beek to play more or get rid of him. Like, it'd be interesting to see how he does because mm-hmm. under Ole didn't obviously didn't get much playing time. It yeah. still wasn't getting much playing time under Ragnick. So, I'm starting to think maybe Van de Beek just yeah maybe he's just not that good. All the all the United Lampard can get something out of him. All the United fans I know would just complain about Van de Beek not playing, but like maybe it's Van de Beek that's the the problem. You know, I don't know. I, I like Van de Beek as well. Like Every United fan just like, play Van de Beek instead yeah. of Fred. As, as if Van de Beek's going to, like, win you the Premier League. Like, Ronaldo's <laughs> still – I hate Ronaldo right now. Like, I don't hate him as a – you know, I, I hate the way he plays. I hate the way, like, the team is – like, the team's not likable. But yet, like, Van de Beek was going to fix everything. It just didn't mm-hmm. make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Wait, that Deli Alley deal, real quick, mm-hmm. is, like, free – Unless he plays like twenty games and has a certain amount of goals appearances, so like right now it's basically like nothing. So and what, then what they would they pay, pay? I think they pay if he does does well. It's kind of kind of solid. Uh, yeah, and people think cool. like he's just gonna like Deli Ali and Van de Beek are just gonna slot right into the team. Like I I don't they'll fight for spots. I don't think either of them are like. I mean, my still my first two choices at center mid are. Uh, Allen and Delcore. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like, I would assume they play a 4-2-3-1. Uh, I also think a lot of young managers, I feel like specifically, will, like, take the risk and, like, be, like, a three in the back kind of thing. Lampard did it a little bit at Chelsea. So, like, what if Lampard just comes in and is like, all right, we're playing a 3-5-2? Which I wouldn't even be too mad about because the last time everything got a, a point mm-hmm. was – Home against Chelsea, I think it was home, and we played three, hmm. three center backs, and we looked pretty. You good. You have a lot of center backs on the roster too. Decent amount. Um, I also think, what if Everton with Lampard becomes a place where they bring young guys through, whether they're academy or young guys from elsewhere, bring them in, or someone like Deli Ali who and Van de Beek who like Van de Beek a little bit different, but in the Premier League doesn't work out. They bring him in to try and like get their career back going again. Yeah, it's like. Like kind of like rejects from big clubs. Like who's a guy like that now? Maybe like uh, well, they just got two of them. So yeah, I, yeah. I was just trying to think like real quick off the top of my head another guy, but it, yeah, that makes sense. Um, anything else in the Premier League? What? So Arsenal didn't do anything other than Matt Turner. I wish like I, I like this Arsenal team, man. I wish they like if they were got Vlahovic, like that'd be kind of sick. Like I, every game would be like must watch. They should go. For, they should have went for Isak. So like, Spurs, um, like we already talked about Spurs. So Spurs was it loaned in Dombele to was it Leon? Mm-hmm. So Leon bring in in Dombele, and I think there's a purchase. Like if they want to, it's like fifty or sixty million, which it, it stinks. It didn't work out for him at Spurs because mm-hmm. I, I think that guy's pretty special. Um, then they as Predictable as it comes, they loan Brian Gill out 
back to La Liga. <laughs> like that guy should just not leave La Liga. Like he's been a wonder kid in La Liga. Goes to Premier League, doesn't cut it. Back to La Liga. Like, and I, I like, I like watching him play. He's actually really good. Yeah, he's good. He's just a La Liga player. Like he's not. He's gonna end up just being the guy at like a, like not big three at La Liga team for like for ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's gonna be the guy at like a a Bilbao. Wins a few Europa leagues. At yeah. If you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything it's, else? It's a lock that Valencia or Villarreal. Or Sevilla are going to the Europa League final. Those European nights, man. Hey, that's why Brian Gill went to went to Spurs. Spurs Day Thursday. Um, any any like big transfers? City brought in the, the young guy from the River Plate, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Julian Alvarez, but he's going back on loan, so that might be one for the future. But that team's already stacked, so I'll keep him in the back of my mind. It just just in case, yeah. yeah add him to your scouting network. Uh, uh, pretty, pretty big window though, like transfer window. I feel like yeah. a lot happens. I think teams like clubs must just like to participate in the window. I think they like feeding rumors out just to get everybody hyped up. Oh, uh, our fun. boy, what? Well, yeah, our boy Ty Cantwell went to Bournemouth. Oh yeah, why? I guess he wasn't getting the game time at Norwich. Mm. So I mean, I think Bournemouth are going up. So if he goes on loan to Bournemouth, maybe they buy him. Or he goes back to Norwich. And like to Norwich, he's getting relegated. Just tell, just tell Cantwell to get get ready for the championship and give him some experience. And it's like a thing that people know that Cantwell like just balls out in the championship. But yeah, like, but not the, the Premier League. Not the Premier League. Yeah. Um, all right, and anything else? Uh, this is a pretty good episode for a fairly like uneventful game. Yeah, talk a lot, a lot of national team, like some fun, like transfer kind of. I'd also kind of like to know if people would rather hear us like talk informally about these or like go down a list. Cause like I, that discussion was pretty much just like, Oh, what do you think about this? Hey, yeah. This. yeah. So maybe we could talk like how they fit into a team and I don't know. Yeah. Maybe when Champions League comes around, we, we break down some of the games. Yeah. Kind of like we do like with the national team. team. Yeah. Dude, I'm so every year for the Champions League, I just get so excited. Like, it just hits me like the week, you know, the day before Champions League comes back. I'm like, oh, sick. I can look forward to Champions League. So I'm I'm pumped. Those are going to be some good games. Yeah, we got FA Cup this weekend. Middlesbrough just beat Man United and Pens. Yeah, so no no Premier League till Tuesday, I think. So I'll be watching like all Liga, Bundesliga. Bundesliga's back. Giovanni Reyn is back. So I'm going to tune into that. I'm so excited to watch Gio Reyn. Giovanni Reyn. Giovanni. Giovanni. Nah, dude, Rain is going to be a beast. I'm so excited. So, put this thing back? Yep. Nice. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, we can end it. All right. So, that was uh, episode 34. Peace. All right. See you guys.